You can tell when you're about to have a magical day, right? Big time hit by Kwame Lasseter. You have, I don't know, like an out-of-body sort of experience. Kwame said it best on TV that day. He said, man, keep that camera on me. You about to see something pretty special. Kwame Lasseter, you are the man. <laughs> For DB to get two interceptions, that's special, right? But three, all right, now God's on your side. Four, Jesus is in your pocket. Kwame Lasseter with his fourth interception of the game. By the time it got to the fourth one, I think my head was exploding. No doubt, a four interception game, four, that is a mind blow. No player in NFL history for more than 100 years has ever had more than four picks in a game. And of the only 19 players to ever do it, no one else has also snagged a playoff spot. Welcome in to Cardinals Folktales, Lassiter's Legacy, presented by 72 Soul, where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes through the recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case, those who covered it. My name is Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter. Season finale, 1998. Kwame Lassiter posted a singular game by a singular player and personality. Kwame thought he was the booger with the sugar. Translation, Kwame Lasseter was confident, ultra confident to be the booger with the sugar. And you needed to be if you took Kwame's path to stick and stay in the NFL. The best fun in the world, but nobody give us a chance. Kwame was not shy in letting you know, hey, I'm here, I'm going to be here, and I'm a contributor to everything that's happening good here. His mentality and mindset was, I'm that dude, I will come smack you. Watch yourself, boy. Watch yourself, A6. It takes confidence. The NFL tries to steal it every day. I credit it to not arrogance, but literally confidence that even if you come from the University of Kansas that's not known as a football powerhouse, you have the ability to be here, and that's what Kwame did. We welcome you to Sun Devil Stadium, a sellout crowd today for the season finale for the Arizona Cardinals, as with a win, they would qualify for the playoffs for the first time since 1982. Let's go out here and destroy them, man. Set the tempo, set the tone. DB's 03, one, two, three, DB's. It was just one of those times where he left it all out on the field and to not leave with a victory would have been devastating. Far side of the field and the ball is intercepted by Lasseter. Kwame, clearly a star of many stars here tonight. You know, we've been winning that way all year. It's not close, it's not us. The Cardinals win! The Cardinals are in the playoffs! The Cardinals win! Pride of the Commonwealth of Virginia by way of Kansas University, Kwame Lasseter. Born in Hampton, Virginia, Kwame Lasseter graduated from high school in Newport News, Virginia, and then it was off to college in Kansas. First, Butler County Community College, then KU, which Kwame often referred to as the Harvard of the Midwest. Here's former teammates Hall of Famer Aeneas Williams, followed by Frank Sanders. Well, first he had to make sure you, you knew he was from the University of Kansas, all right? That's the first thing. A guy, man, just really wanted to try to figure it out. You know, junior college to KU, trying to get his name in the NFL. He always wanted to try to prove it. No, baby, not this side. At the time, Kwame left behind family and his high school sweetheart and future wife, Erica. We went to um, a ring dance together. Back in the day, the junior ring dance was a big thing, so you gotta have a date, and that's how it all started. Needing a date for the ring dance. 
We had two friends, his friend BB and my girlfriend Brenda would always say, Pony wants to talk to you, Pony wants to date you. And I was just like, I, I don't like athletes. I was in an orchestra. I really wanted a band boy. Um, then he told me he played the trumpet. And as much as Kwame liked to toot his own horn, his trumpet playing days soon succumbed to playing defensive back. Second team all Big A to Kansas, but after seven rounds in the 1995 NFL draft, Kwame didn't have a team. His name not called. Undrafted free agent, he tell you, I should have been drafted. You're a bum. I should have been drafted before you. This is like he talked to his DB players. Counterparts, you're a bum. I should have been drafted before you. I see you, you whack. Like he thought he was the guy and he walked with that air like that. It was a confidence, but it wasn't a cockiness. It was a confidence. The good news for Kwame was the Cardinals head coach and GM at the time was every bit as confident. Plus, he really was cocky. You know, Kwame, to see him come aboard with Buddy Ryan. Yes. Not have a chance to make this football team. Made it on special teams and clearly convinced Buddy Ryan that he could stick. Some guy on the other side is ready to kick your butt. But if he ain't got that dog in him like you got it, then you can probably win that fight that day. And Kwame was one of those guys that won a lot of fights day after day after day. And Buddy Ryan was one of those coaches who loved to put the fight into football. And even though Buddy Ball didn't last past Kwame's rookie season, Kwame's impact sure did. In fact, recording NFL history just three short seasons later. Knowing that you had a chance to get into the playoffs, you know, if you won those last three games, uh, you had to do something pretty special. And, you know, Vince, that's all they would talk about. And I think that's, that's the part where you begin to watch the, the, the gelling of a team. And we start beating teams we could beat. It just happened to be the last minute. Jackie from 32 to win it for the Cardinals here in overtime. It's on the way. It is good, and the Cardinals win. The Cardinals win, and they're even at 7-7, seven and seven, and they're still alive for a wild card berth in the playoff race with two games left to play. That's longtime radio voice of the Cardinals, Tom Dillon, calling the game winner from Philly. In the Cardinals' push for the playoffs for the first time since 1982, it was one win down, two to go. But it was four, the fourth quarter, where QB Jake Plummer and the Cardinals made their mark this time against the Saints. The Saints blitz. Plummer flushed out of the pocket. Plummer's gonna run. Plummer's on the 35. Plummer's still running on the 30. Plummer's on the 25. He's got a first down at the 23. I'm gonna call this one 36. Straight in to try to win it for the Cardinals with six seconds to go. The snap. It's on the way. It looks good. Good! One second to go, and the Cardinals lead by two. It changed. The narrative changed somewhere along the lines where we found a way to win. In the last moment, Jake got better. Defense was stopping teams. They kept giving us the ball. We got the name termed the Cardiac Cards because we just kept coming back and getting wins. One more win, and the Cardinals get into the playoffs. It was the most important game to date in Arizona Cardinals history. All right, we welcome you to week 17, the final week of the National Football League season. I am Gil Tyree, and you are listening to the Cards pregame huddle. The Cards today, before a sellout crowd here at Sun Devil Stadium, will have a chance to make history. With a victory over the San Diego Chargers, they will end the NFL's longest playoff drought. And with a 9-7 and seven record, will give Arizona its first winning season of Cardinal football since the team arrived in the Valley. To get in that moment versus the Chargers and realize that what's, what's at stake, we thought more about the fans. Like when you watch our stadium go from minimum numbers 
to exciting numbers to people in the stands and now we're not the visiting home team. That was exciting because then the roar of the crowd was, it was there. What no one knew was how that roar would turn into NFL lore. Here's five-time Pro Bowl safety, Adrian Wilson. You can tell when you're about to have a magical day, right? You have, I don't know, like an out-of-body sort of experience and, you know, you're playing and you know you're playing, but certain things lead up to the game where you feel like that you're going to have a good game. And calling Kwame Lasseter's performance a good game might be an understatement. Wailahan back to throw again. Looks down the middle and lets it go and is intercepted at the 30-yard line by Kwame Lasseter. And he's up to about the 30-yard line and knocked down right there. My son was probably, what, almost a year old at that point. I do remember having somebody having to take him because I was jumping up so much. Back to throw again is Wheelahan with a four-man rush. With time, winds up, goes deep, far side of the field, intercepted by Lasseter, and he runs out of the end zone with it. So Kwame's going to get credit for another interception, and the first half comes to an end. Kwame was in the groove then. Like, he was in the groove of playing after, like, the first two. Like, he knew he was going to have a good game. That's what he used to always say. I knew I was going to have a good game after the first two. Wheel of hand to throw with time. Looks. Now runs. Now throws far side of the field, and the ball is intercepted by Lasseter. His third of the game. Wheel of hand to throw under a four-man rush. Hit as he lets it go. Throws it deep. It's intercepted. Back comes Kwame Lasseter. Lasseter out to the right side. Kwame Lasseter with his fourth interception of the game. You don't know those things are going to happen, but... For DB to get two interceptions, that's special, right? But three, all right, now God's on your side. Four, Jesus is in your pocket. By the time it got to the fourth one, I think my head was exploding, and I was just like, what in the world just happened? But I was thanking God during the whole experience, because he needed that. I wasn't surprised of Kwame rising up to that moment and having a game of a lifetime. So the very things that we saw Kwame do, he had done over and over in practice. So literally all the game is, is more people watching what you do every day. It was always a family affair. That's the biggest thing I take away from our experience with the Cardinals is we were one big family. So even if you weren't in your seat, you were around people. So um, I don't remember exactly who I was sitting with, but I do remember Tracy Williams being near me because of after Plummy's performance, her question was, what did you feed him? And I remember it being after Christmas, all I could think of was leftovers. <laughs> Nothing big. Aeneas Williams' wife, Tracy, wanted to know the secret sauce to his performance. Truth is, Kwame was known for looking into his crystal football, if you will, and forecasting the future. Just ask Aeneas. Kwame talking about interceptions. He would say these things in practice, and he would be prophesying, so to speak. Intercept three balls. We plan on getting at least two or three from somebody in the secondary because I feel that's what it's going to take for us to win the football game. He probably said it in practice that he was going to intercept four passes in the game. Knowing that he was underrated is, I guess, the best word to say. For that to be um, the game that he helped change history for the Cardinals meant a lot. But the Chargers didn't want any part of history. They tied it with 16 seconds left. Time for the Cardiac Cardinals to live up to their nickname. We've been in this moment so much. Like the last three weeks, four weeks, we've kind of seen anything can happen. Eric Metcalf gets a kickoff. He runs it back a chunk of yards. Metcalf on the 10, 
to the 20, to the 25, to the 30, to the 40, to the midfield stripe, and out of bounds on the Charger 45. And I think the next play is me. Hey, Frank, you got to run a 12-yard hook, turn around, get, get down, and hit the ground. And then run up the field, right? Like It's like run up the field, so it happens. Runner back to throw on first and 10. Looks near side, throws down at the 34-yard line and a timeout with three seconds to go is Frank Sanders. I hate kickers, but I love you, Chris Jackson. 52 yards off the left side or near side hash. Three seconds to go, and here it is. To try to win it, put the Cardinals in the playoffs. The snap, it's on the way, it's got the leg, it is good! The Cardinals win! The Cardinals are in the playoffs! The Cardinals win! 52 yards by Jackie! I was probably holding my heart and praying that it went through. Yes, I do remember that now. Yeah, just praying that it went through and everybody just being really excited in the stands. And again, we all sat together. The families all sat together. So we were hugging and crying and just, you know, head exploding because we were really excited. I think the biggest part about 98 in the winning season was after the game. That in itself, man, was just pure elation. Watch the fans come on the field. We saw how capable the Cardinals organization was to galvanize the city when we were able to have that win. So it wasn't just the players, it was the bird game, but to see it finally come together and win a moment like that, it was a lot of tears and a lot of crying. We're not happy tonight. We're happy being into the playoffs, but we're not happy with our season. We want to go down to Dallas and keep going on, and it's going to be a big challenge. But you know, looking back, this will be a year where we turn things around. The longest streak of not being in the playoffs in the NFL right now has just been broken, and we're in, and it feels great. Yes, that's a young Jake Plummer, the Cardinals quarterback in his second NFL season. And it's on to the 1998 postseason. Throws it down the middle, knocked away incomplete. Pat Tillman knocks it away. And Pat Tillman, talk about a guy with a lot of heart. Pat was amazing. Um, I do remember when he came in, and uh, I think he asked Kwame for number 42. That's when I first heard his name, probably. He's like, yeah, nah, he's not going to be able to have that one. So he ended up wearing 40, and they were 42. But they still came out being the best of friends and um, supported each other and encouraged each other on the field. Pat! Pat Tillman! Pat Tillman! 1998 was Pat Tillman's rookie year out of Arizona State. The seventh-round pick was the reigning Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year and the Cardinals' starting free safety early that season. But after Kwame picked off a pass to seal a 45-42 win against Washington in late November, Lassiter was a full-time starter. In 2001, the Cardinals broadcast department sat down separately with the two close friends. In fact, Kwame even had a standing offer from Pat to babysit Kwame's kids. Just listen to the mutual respect and good-natured ribbing starting with Tillman. He's just uh, probably a tough guy. You know, I mean, the guy, the guy's, he, he, I was going to say he doesn't get hurt. He's hurt all the time, but he, he always plays, you know, he fights through it. You know, the dude's old as hell. People don't realize that. He's like 30-whatever. <laughs> Pat looked like he's about 50 years old with that beard and that mustache he got going on. I told him he can stay in Flagstaff and stay up in the mountains. And he can live up there. This guy, honestly, this guy can stay outside for a week and survive without anything. He's like, like Rambo. He can go in the woods and, and live. No, baby. Not this side. Not this side, Martin. 
you know, he, he's a warrior, man. I mean, he's fought, he's, he's earned his keep around here. I mean, he wasn't given anything. And uh, he's kind of taken, um, he's taken what he's got and he's earned, he's earned every bit of it. Woo! Way to come up, boy. <laughs> he throws a few things out there. Sometimes, yeah. It's funny, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call him that type of a player though. I mean, Kwame's the type of guy who, I guess there's kind of a little quote, don't, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. And Kwame is that type of a person. He's not the type to, to, to flap. But that being said, you know, every now and again, he'll, he'll open his mouth to a guy. He's not afraid to do that. Let's get nasty, man. They cheap shot Pat. They took a cheap shot on Pat. Get nasty. I'll see you in a minute, Pat. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's never an attacky or over the top way. He's just kind of letting him know he's there. Watch out, A6. Watch out, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Former Cardinals safety Kwame Lassiter passed away at the age of 49 on Sunday afternoon. Uh, suddenly, uh, tragic, heartbreaking. Getting that phone call from the hospital and from the gym that you know he had had a heart attack at the gym, um, I just knew he was going to be okay. He was invincible. He was going to be okay. It's going to be all fine. So to get the news that he didn't survive was. Um, it was devastating. It was, um, I, I immediately just started hugging my kids. I didn't worry about me anymore. I started, you know, um, trying to just focus on them. It was tough, it was hard, but we were worried about her. And to see how strong my mom was, that, that honestly helped us out a lot. When we came out, and I don't wanna get too teary-eyed, but when we opened the doors, I saw Nicole Bidwell. I saw half of the Cardinals team from back in the 90s. It was over 100 people, just hug after hug, and I knew that we would have the support that we need um, just to get through that. It made it easier for us. I could go back to Kansas, and if I know she's good, and I know the people she has around her are good, are gonna take care of her, then I'm always gonna make it easier for me. So. Just to know that my mom's standing strong and she and she's still the same woman that she is and living life, her best life, keeps you at peace. That's the voice of Kwame and Erica's son, Kwame Lassiter II, known to family and friends as KJ, who took a similar path as his dad, playing football at KU, wearing his dad's number eight, then undrafted into the NFL with the Bengals in 2022. That's family. What about friends and former teammates? As we hear from Damian Anderson, Anthony Edwards, Aeneas Williams, Adrian Wilson, and Larry Fitzgerald. You know, missing the friendship, missing um, who he was, uh, you know, how he impacted my life, and just having those days where we would just talk. He always worked to get better, always worked to get better, not only for himself, but all those that are around him as well. He wanted everyone to do their best, to be their best. Leadership means helping others out, just do the right things. Regardless of who you are, who you think you are, people are always watching you. So you just do the right things and uh, you know, guys will follow you. One of the most important things that I remember about playing the game and being with Kwame is our understanding of how important it was for us to steward the game while we were playing. And what that meant was taking ownership for not being afraid that a young player could replace us. Young guys. They coming in and think they should be playing anyway. That's how I was. I know I could have played in this league when I first got here. But you lead by example. You, you go out there and make plays and let them know what's expected of them. We are here making plays, and if you are here, this is exactly what you have to do. One guy goes down, you better come out, and we should not lose a step. It was a privilege for us to help pour into the Adrian Wilsons and even the Pat Tillmans and having all the different personalities 
but all of us being one in that room. And a lot of that had to do with uh, Kwame Lasseter and his attitude toward the game. I guess when you get older, you start to think about, you know, life a little bit differently than when you're young. You know, you start you start thinking about, you know, how you can improve your life, how you can improve relationships, and you just start going through just a bunch of things in your mind and you know, just just how you how you treat people and how people will look at you if something tragic like that happens to you, you know, and, and um, you wanna you wanna make sure that you're leaving you know, a lasting legacy in terms of the type of person that you were. You know, Kwame was a special person to me, just, you know, overall, and, and obviously his family is as well. The Kwame Lasseter legacy, I believe, is one of hard work, uh, one of intelligence, one of caring, uh, one of paying it forward, and one that is about making sure that your brother is okay. Your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your family, if they're considered family, just making sure that they're okay because he always looked out for the next guy. I never got a chance to play with Kwame, but I always had a great respect for him. Always is doing whatever he could to, to make his presence felt in the community. So I, I just, I was always moved by that. He's a giver, you know, giving back to the community. He loved being involved um, throughout his playing days as well. He was up for the Walton Payton Award for the Cardinals. Um, so we did a lot in the community while he was playing and to continue that was important. People respect what he's done and, and the sacrifices he made for this community. That's why people still are, are supporting of it. And uh, that's why it will continue to live and thrive because of his spirit. I think he did and tried to accomplish everything that he wanted to accomplish. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, Whatever that didn't get done, I'll make sure that me and the family um, continues his legacy. Is it true you called Kwame Lasseter one time and got a, a, a message or his answering machine? It was a tape of a, him intercepting you, a play-by-play? True. That was the question Eagles QB Donovan McNabb in 2002 during a conference call with the media. And that's just part of what we all miss in losing Kwame Lasseter in January of 2019. That Kwame personality, his sense of humor, like an epic prank pulled on his buddy McNabb with help from Cardinals radio producer Jim Omohundro, as told by Kwame on the Big Red Rage radio show with then-host Dave Pash. Interception for seven, eight yards. It was against Philadelphia and uh, Donovan through the pass. Actually, uh, Nilius made a great break on the ball. He tipped it. He couldn't get it. His hand's just not as good as mine. But he broke on the ball. <laughs> he tipped it, and then I ended up going seven, eight yards, and I ended up putting um, Omo, giving me a lot of clippings of uh, highlights, I put it on my phone. It was just it was just something I was doing at the time. And then Donovan called it and he said, Oh no, you didn't have that up there. <laughs> that pass is intercepted. Kwame Lasseter down the sideline. 40 to the 50 to the 40. Still going on the 30. Needs one more block. He's going. He's going. He scores. Isn't the whole the, the funniest part of the story that you called Donovan? No, told him to call <laughs> you, and you didn't pick up on purpose, so we would hear the uh... That's what I told him. I said, Donovan, call me. Give me a call. I'm uh, I'm gonna be right by the phone. I know he's going to call, so I didn't answer it. I just wanted him here. <laughs> Kwame's laugh, all part of Lassiter's legacy. And there you have it, Cardinals Folktales, presented by 72 Soul. For producer Jim Omohundro, 
I'm Paul Calvisi. If you go to his website, thekwamelassiterfoundation.org, you'll see one of his favorite sayings, quote, it's in you, dig deep. And as we just heard, Kwame loved his family, loved his football, his teammates, but he also loved the Red Sea. We leave you with this clip from right before the 2015 NFC Championship game. Kwame rocking the mic and at his best in front of the fans. I appreciate you guys coming out. They doing big things on the football field. This is what I'm talking about. You have to show your support. When they take off Saturday, we all gonna be at the airport. Let's be there to sit them all. And when they come back, let's be there to greet them. And then we'll take it to San Fran. You with me on that? They said I got three minutes. I'm gonna take as long as I want to. On behalf of all the, the alumni, the Arizona Cardinals, I appreciate this fan base. I appreciate what you, you guys have always been there, even in Sun Devil Stadium. And these guys are balling. Big Red Rage, Red Sea. You say, Carnos. <laughs>